Fiends and Horror Hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good, because we're joined by one of the nicest people that we've ever had the pleasure to talk to from one of our favorite movies that's referenced way too much, Terry Susan Smith from Basket Case. Thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. That was so sweet of you to say that I'm the nicest person you ever talked to. Well, definitely. We've talked to a couple people on the show. You're the one who's actually communicated the most in between us going on Mike. You're very personable and one of the few that actually, I think, remembers who we are. <laughs> well, I guess because I don't talk to that many people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's so true. I, you know, I haven't been uh, so visible uh, in this, in this, in the realm of this movie. Well, we're coming up on 40 years of it. If, yeah. I think it's this year, actually. Are you doing anything special for the 40th anniversary? Just kind of putting that out of your mind and waiting for it to be over. Well, um, there's a there's a reunion happening on in April around that time with Kevin and some other people in the cast. I think even the, the uh, what's the guy, Baker guy, who did the Belial, Rick Baker. Is a bunch of people. I don't know if Frank's going to be on, but Diane Brown, which, you know, she's another one that hasn't been around. So, and Ilza, who I was the kind of responsible for getting me, you know, into the whole thing. But um, yeah, so that's what's happening. I can't, re- I can't even recall Jimmy, somebody, Fer- Ferrara, Ferrari, Jimmy Ferrari. I don't know. Yeah. Just remember that because I like cars. <laughs> but yeah, that's—I mean, that's—that's uh, that's all I'm going to do. I mean, you know, I mean, most Moroccans haven't seen basket games. <laughs> so you're coming to the states for it, then I'm guessing, right? I don't think that's going to be down with you in Morocco. Yeah, it's going to be—it's going to be online, which you know how everything oh. is. Today, so, you know. uh, okay. It's going to be online. Yeah, because everybody's in all these different places, and it's not now. It's not that. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna pay me to come. <laughs> you know. So, and you know. Well, I don't know. You did the convention circuit for a while because we were just at a con not too long ago, and we were looking at past guests, and I saw you there. I'm like, oh, there's Terry Susan Smith was there. A few no, years I, I've never been at one. Oh, really? Never. Were they live then? Well, they may have lied, but they could. It could have been the one that I actually canceled at the last minute, which. Which after that I never got invited to another one again. Um, oh, that might have been it. Was it in Pennsylvania? Yes, yes. Yep, that would have been it. Yeah. Yep, that's yep. ours. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and I and I and I canceled at the last minute, and it was you know it was it was an emergency, and, and nobody really, and I didn't really tell anybody because I was was not as communicative then. I, I you know I I become more and more communicative and more open as my maturity has matured but yeah my my mother had open heart surgery suddenly and and my um and and i and i actually had uh, become homeless at the same time <laughs> so oh yeah i'd cancel too that I, makes sense. you know i'm just saying you know it was a lot to, and i had a and i had a i don't know how old my son was he was seven so you know it was a big it was a big reason to cancel otherwise i wouldn't have 
the, 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 the thing I wanted to go to, and I really, ah, I just really feel sad that I didn't make it, is the, um, you know, the MoMA induction of basket case into their film library. Oh, that's wild. That's, that's insane looking at it. The basket case is in the Museum of Modern Art. It's a preserved film now. It's great. I know. It's really great. It, it, it really, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I would have loved to go on that. And, you know, now that, especially now that Beverly's passed and I never really got to, got to show her that I wasn't actually insane. <laughs> well, talk about a movie that, like, actually, I would say, like, in my book really deserves to be in there. Because, like, if I'm sitting around and I have no idea what to watch, I'm like, ooh, I'll throw on my basket case Blu-ray. Because it's always a great time. Really? You watch it that many times? Oh, I love it. He uh, does. Yes. He, he definitely does. Do you find something like, okay, now I'm going to interview you. Um, <laughs> do you find, I mean, what, 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 what makes you, like, I mean, what makes you say that? What makes you have a good time when you watch Basket Game? I mean, do you find something new in it every time? Or um, I love, I'm a sucker for late, like, 70s and 80s New York City movies. Like Taxi Driver or like this, where it's like gritty, gritty New York. Mm. And I also love Kev, Kevin Van Hindenrick's uh role in the movie i think he's amazing and especially yeah. like, and belial was just such a unique creature and like movie monster that i just enjoy him as well all the like his scream all the noises he makes i love um <laughs> how a lot of the actors in the movie are people who didn't really act before people who have only acted in a few things like i'm a huge fan of character actors and whatnot so yeah, i think that's too. one of the reasons yeah me too me too you know um the, most of the people in that movie were, that's how they were. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, you know, Frank would take me to these um, uh, monster movie nights on Tuesdays. I lived on St. Mark's Place when I moved back to New York to do the movie, actually. Um, and he would take me to the monster movie club like every Tuesday. It was like for three months before the movie. And, and I would study these kind of Herschel Gordon Lewis movies. You know, he was like, these kind of things that, you know, I mean, I, it's not like my first choice in, in movie watching, but I really, uh, he wanted me to study the style of acting, you know, which was in my, in my mind, just, okay, I'll just, I'll just act, act badly, you know, I'll just be a bad actress, you know, <laughs> so I tried really hard to be a bad actress and I hope that that, I hope that that was, uh, successful. Well, I got to say, you do do an awesome impress impression of a mouse. So, A plus on that. <laughs> a mouse stuck in a typewriter. Yes. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I, I like sound effects. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've worked a lot in the voiceover industry, so. <laughs> you guys brought up Belial, so I have to ask, how hard was it acting with this mashed potato monster-looking puppet? Did Was it hard? Was it, like holding up a stuffed animal and trying to assign character to it, or was it kind of easy to do? Um, well, I mean, I, the only, the only, I mean, I had the most intimate scene with him, I guess, in a way. No, I guess not, you know, I mean, you know, some, he didn't, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to answer this, like, you know, I'm, I'm a good sport, you know, I'm a really good sport, so. So, you know, I'm, I'm very willing. So, um, 
that scene was really interesting because uh, you know the last scene where Belial is is you know quote you know raping me basically end of quote um, and um, it was it was a it was strange because I was really really nervous and when I get really nervous I have so much gas you know like oh god and you know nervous gas can be really bad you know like odiferous right so yeah it's the worst kind so it was in my apartment and and i got to pick who was in that scene and then um they had this bed that was a, a hole was cut out um and it, it so much so my ass would like sink down because the contract said they couldn't shoot my pubic area right so it was like my 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 hips were inside the hole basically so when he and when he shot to the you know to the side, you didn't see, you know, that area. But um, during the quote rape scene in the group, um, a while uh, was on a on, on a pole. <laughs> he was on a stick, basically, between between my. I forgot I'm in Morocco, <laughs> in, in public talking about being raped and a pole between my legs. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> <laughs> what would my mother say? Um, so, uh, <laughs> what would anybody say? So, um, <laughs> so, so, uh, there's a, and the, okay, so underneath the bed was Edgar, the producer. <laughs> Poor Edgar, because, you know, I had Edgar underneath me. And I had Kevin, who actually was holding the camera. He was actually Kevin actually shot that scene when the, the part where he where where he the, the monster was on top, you know, like in his dream, and, and the monster was like, you know, tapping yeah. that tapping that thing. <laughs> God, I can't believe I just said that. Um, no, please, this so, is great. Keep going. Very so, well put. So, and then Frank was behind him, giving him instructions, you know, for the. <laughs> but it was sad because you know I don't think anybody was able to smell the gas except for except for except for Edgar because you know my ass was pretty tightly down in that hole you know <laughs> oh my god that's really why I was screaming <laughs> no I'm just kidding it's not it's not you screaming it's his screams like. <laughs> What was his reaction when he came out of there? Did he th mention it? No. That's the thing. You know, Edgar was such an amazing guy. He was, he, you know, Frank is a bit, you know, what, cynical or, I don't know, just kind of sarcastic and like, you know. <laughs> Frank is Frank. Like Frank. And, and he was just so positive. He was the total opposite of Frank. So positive. I, you know, there. I've met a few producers in my life that are just like innately natural, beautiful producers that they just know exactly what to say, you know, how to make you feel, make you feel really good. And he was, he was, he was one of them. So he didn't say anything. <laughs> he didn't say anything. I was really grateful for that because I was really shy then. <laughs> he was being a gentleman about it. Yeah, he was. I guess is that being a gentleman about him? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the situations. I've never been in that that scenario where I could tell you the right thing to do. I mean, really, like, what are you going to say? I mean, if you think about it, 
like what i mean <laughs> yeah very true yeah just like okay well next scene <laughs> <laughs> somebody get the get the incense let's go you know <laughs> <laughs> I understand that you were in a punk band. Yeah. I was wondering if you had any standout stories of being there. Um, any like venues that stuck out in your mind? Anyone that you played with? Well, during that time, you know, it was like it was like really punk. You know, this is this is. I'd come. I had moved to uh, California um, from New York, where I was singing like you know Broadway show tunes and you know. <laughs> things like that and then I go to California and then I get into this very theatrical because the uh, the other the other uh, two singers were also in theater um very theatrical punk band and that was that was in the in the 70s you know the the 70 77 78 that's that's when they were like you know, blood was flying and, 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 and uh, bottles were thrown at my face and rolled up aluminum foil was thrown at me and napkin dispensers were thrown. I mean, and I was shocked the first time I went on stage for that because, you know, I didn't, I didn't know the, the whole philosophy around what, what they were, you know, what, why they were doing what they were doing. But apparently, you know, the more they hated you, the better you, you know, they, <laughs> they liked you. I mean, I know that that sounds, but you know, that was weird to me at the time. They, something, and oh God, they hate us. They're throwing things. You know? It's kind of normal for like booing, you know? <laughs> but no, 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 no. That was great. You know? And then, so. Well, what they say, the more blood that's in the crowd, the more they liked you after a punk show. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, they were really fighting. They weren't just slam dancing, which is what it, you know, it polished up to that. Um, but at the time, it wasn't. They were fighting. They were fist fighting and knives and, oh, God, I was, you know, Mabuhe Gardens. And I you know, I did mainly sang in Mabuhe, you know, not in Mabuhe, but in San Francisco at the time. I think that's my favorite era of punk is that 70s, like when it first started where it's the, it's almost like new wavy kind of in, in a way. It's not like just like how fast can I go or whatnot. You can still understand what the people say. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, 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 we were a very, so we were a social political band and we, we sang about like, um, uh, mental hospitals, the injustice of, you know, mental hospitals and, incest and homosexuality and you know all sorts of like social commentary you know that our songs are very very um powerful that way i had a i had a song called i want your pussy <laughs> and uh you know the the chorus was that uh, chorus was like i want your pussy baby baby and you want mine i want your pussy baby baby and you want mine i want your pussy baby baby at least i can say it I'm, I started to mini mosh there for a second, so thank you. <laughs> but I mean, at least I can say it says everything about that time because you know, saying the word "pussy" was very not is it wasn't accepted nowadays. Oh, no, it's now, very taboo. Yeah. Oh, it was very taboo. You know, so and you see this, and I would jump off the stage in these gay these gay clubs, and the women would come and hump my leg, and it was. It was exciting. <laughs> it was exciting. 
Well, even in that way, this is almost kind of like a punk rock kind of movie, because look at what Kevin Van Hindenburg did. He went running down the street naked, you know, like you never, especially in those, in those days, in those movies, you didn't see that really that often. Well, you know, punk, you know, I've always been a pioneer. Like, I've always been punk. I still am a rock and roll spirit, you know? Like, I just, no matter what I do, it's like, I can't, I can't get out of that room. <laughs> you know, even, even my spirit, you know, when I was doing more, like, um, I got into the sound healing um, and was making sculptures and I was making ceremonial bowls and stones and that. I was still a rock and roller, you know, like I, I was not like, I was like, you know, own yourself, bitch. No, <laughs> like, you know, I was on that side of the fence, not, not the real soft side, which I'm, which I'm, which I'm learning about now. I'm trying to get softer. Since we brought up punk, can we clear up the biggest rumor that anytime you look at Basket Case and look at the cast and people talk about you, that always gets brought up? Oh, what is Were you bald or was your hair short with the wig? It was really, really short because I'd come from the punk band, right? And they knew me before it was really long, right? I mean, it was, yeah, yeah it was really long. So when I was in the punk band, it, I, you know, we cut our hair really, really short. Uh, the whole band did. And, um, yeah, so so when I when I came back to New York and they're like, uh huh. So I think, I think one of the reasons they put a wig on all the women is because or I think now I don't know this for sure, but it just dawned on me just now because all the women in that movie had on wig. Yeah, it's a very wig movie. It was everyone in it. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if if they were gonna put me in a wig anyway. I mean, I don't even know, but yeah. I remember being in the theater in Times Square when they were showing the movie and these two women arguing about, she's got a wig on. And the other one was like, no, she doesn't. Yes, she does. She's got a wig on. And I just let them fight, you know. It's like, how do you even see the wig with the giant monster there? <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. What was it like watching Basket Case in a theater with other people not involved? Like, was it fun to watch their reactions? Was it... Were you worried about what people would think, or was it just a good time? You know, I'm I'm much to people's dismay. I'm rarely concerned about what other people think. Um, and being in a Muslim culture, that can be very dangerous. <laughs> anyway, but um, but then you know, I I have to tell you the truth. I just I, I didn't resonate with the whole genre at the time. I didn't really understand what I had done. I, I was doing it because I really loved the people involved and I believed in the script. Um, but the genre, it's, and, and who and who would have thought, I mean, I didn't think in a million years that it would have the success that it had, you know? So I, I wasn't really, I wasn't really close, close to the genre. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's only yeah. it's only as I watched it years later that I appreciated the the artistic uh, mind of it and the charm and the and the you know the meaning of, of of things in the movie you know that I really appreciated. But you know that's that's me as an artist. You know I I don't really like 
most of what I do in the beginning anyway. I have to, it has to sit with me for a while. And then I go, Oh God, who did that's great. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I think that general musicians, painters, I imagine same goes for actors. No one typically likes hanging up their own artwork in their living room or playing their own music in the car until much later. Like when you're looking back on it, then you can appreciate what it really was. I have my, paintings hanging all over my living room. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to someone about that, you know, the other day and I was saying, you know, it's the first time in, in my, uh, my, you know, I've been, I've, I've, I've done a lot of different mediums in, in art, you know, because I, I answer a call. I know it sounds, I don't know how that sounds, but I answer, you know, it has to be authentic for me and a calling for me to do something. And I think it's the first time in my career as an artist and, and the form of expression that I, that I, I go like, I like what I'm doing, like pretty instantly. I mean, there are paintings that I go like, what the hell is that? You know, like, well, I don't know. I don't, you know, but mostly no. And I've got them hanging all over my living room, all over my living room. It's just, it's just sometimes I go, you know, like, oh, I could have, you know, I don't think artists are, are, are ever satisfied. I'm trying to be satisfied a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, they say, fake it till you make it. It's like, I'm going to be satisfied. I am satisfied. Oh, yeah, I'm satisfied. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of the art, do you want to drop the Instagram so people can check out your artwork? I follow it. It's really good. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, uh it's it's uh yeah it's called paint in hand you know like or if you want to say it in a southern way say paint in hand um so paint in hand in hand uh and i and you know that that's the thing it's like i would have put my name on it uh but i basically started the instagram because i just started painting in 2018 i mean i've done art all my life you know in some form visually but not like I'm doing now. And I'm talking about painting on a canvas, you know, and big part pieces and stuff. So I just did start the Instagram because I was scared to. Um, and so I just put paint in hand. Okay. Do a lot of poor people find you or is it more art people on there? Well, my, you know, my crowd seems to be artists that, you know, I, I'm growing my following pretty organic. I don't, I don't go in and f- buy, you know, follows and all that. I mean, some people do, I, I, you know, just to get the numbers up. But I, I, I believe more in kind of a loyal, small following rather than a, a large, what, what's the opposite of that? Um, Almost manufactured following. Yeah, it's a manufactured. You know, like I said, I'm like I'm I'm really into authentic thing, and yeah. um, I don't know when this is going to. I don't know when this is going to show, but I'm also have a I have a trip planned because I do. I got a I got a poetry book coming out. I got a trip plan. I'm painting every day. I got exhibitions coming up. But if anybody's interested to go on go to the go to Mar to from Marrakesh to the Sahara with me in May. You know, that's another thing you could do. Go with, go with Terry Susan to the Sahara and ride camels for three days like the homeless, home-free people, nomads. 
in the movie, your character kind of takes Dwayne around to see the sights of 1980s New York City. What sights would you yourself take someone around in that era to see? Like, it's the Statue of Liberty, you know, that's like, everyone goes to see that. I want to know, like, the really cool, like, under, like, the stuff you might not know about as much. Hmm, well, um, I, you know, I never even went up to the Stempire State Building. I'm not a, I mean, no matter where I am, I, I'm not a tourist type. I'm an immersive type. And, you know, I was, um, you know, I, I go to feel a place and I go to see it. So, so I was in the Lower East Side and there was enough going on there. I was, I was performing out like three or four times, three or four nights a week and then going to see my friends. And sometimes I would perform like, and then we'd go out at, you know, underground clubs that they opened at one or two in the morning. Um, but I don't really recall like anybody coming to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so immediately, immediately I'm going to CBGB's. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that yeah. That, that, that was, yeah. Well, I sang there. I sang every club. I sang at the Ritz. I opened for Iggy Pop, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we were in a band called uh, Junk Rock. Nice. And, yeah. And uh, we, we sang another another sociopolitical band. We, we sang about the garbage in our lives, you know. Um, and we had a single out called Sanitation Man. Um and on the back of that B-side was Band-Aid Nose Dog. Um, it was very, yeah. And I had a, a song called My Baby's Talking Trash About Me. And anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, I get very nervous when I go, like, if I, if I feel like I'm touring around and I'm in this crowd and we're waiting in the line to get in. I don't do that. I just, you know, if somebody says, hey, you want a VIP test? You can't, you don't have to wait in line. I'll go, okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, great. <laughs> and, and I don't mean, you know, and I, and it's not because I'm a snob or I think I'm like, you know, entitled. It's just, I really, and I, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I have some, you know, chemical sensitivities with people's perfume. They got the perfume. And they're all, I just, you know, I don't really, live life to be happy i live life because i have a purpose you know what i'm saying like and that makes me happy you know i don't just go around like trying to be happy anyway i just i just either am or i'm not (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) we talked earlier about it being 40 years of basket case Mm -hmm. and all the, what's going on with it what are your thoughts on the movie today do, do you like it more now i know you said you didn't care for the genre back then have you come around more to it absolutely i think it's i think it's an amazing film i think it's um i think it's warm uh i think it's charming like it's odd to say that about kind of a gory movie but there's some <laughs> charming quality about it that's really appealing and i really I really enjoy it. I mean, yeah, I have. I've I've come around to really, really um, appreciating it. I said, when you whittle down the story, it's just about two brothers on an adventure. Well, yeah, and there's and there's a lot of, there's a lot of morals in there, right? You know, it's like 
don't don't be don't be screwing my girlfriend and you know um, <laughs> and good thing you know how to hide in the toilet and you know, good morals well, I'm glad to hear that because it'd be really weird for both of us if we came on here. Oh, we love basket case. And you go, I hate it. That'd be a really awkward interview for the rest of us. Well, I mean, it could be quite, um, you know, compelling in a way. You know, like, it would be, what do they call it? Um, God, words escape me. I've been in too many foreign countries. I can't even think of English words. I feel like a little ignorant with my English these days. Don't worry, you at least have that excuse. Both of us are just mainly English speaking. We still don't know what to say half the time. Yeah. <laughs> We're running low on time, Brett. You got one more and I'll throw in the closer that we always do? Um, Yeah, I was going to say, what was your standout moment from making the film? Standout? Like, hmm, from making? Like, one moment that, like, you're like, I remember filming this and it's like, this is like almost your maybe your favorite scene or something that was interesting to do. Well, I... I don't know. Um, I think I really, you know what? <laughs> I really liked being thrown against the wall, wrapped in the blanket and thrown against the wall. I mean, that might sound weird, but I thought I did that so good. Yeah, that's why I was wondering if, like, that's another question I had that it was like, oh, do you was that you doing your own stunt there? Because if so, that's impressive. Yeah, no, no, I did. I mean, I, I was doing that. I was like, that was my favorite part. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like you're 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 going you're going toward uh, you know this intimate moment, and then all of a sudden you get wrapped in a blanket and thrown out and get slammed against the wall. It was like it was very very graceful and poetic. I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll I'll vouch for Brett and say that's not bullshit because he has talked about that scene before. Like, there's no way that's her. She's wrapped in a blanket and slammed against the wall in that hotel. <laughs> well, you have to remember the wall was a. It was just a sheet of plywood, and there were people behind it holding it up. <laughs> oh, okay. As I slammed against it. So it wasn't like me hitting a solid wall. So it was kind of in unison with me, and that what that's what gave it that bounce, which I loved, you know? That yeah. Kind of like, you know that bounce, you know? Yeah. And since we are a horror podcast, the thing I try to ask everybody at the end, no matter if you love horror or hate it, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Me? What's yes. What's my favorite horror? Oh, I know Brett. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, I, I when I was when I was, I, I you know when I was little, I liked this movie called Eye of the Cat. It was, I don't know, maybe it was in the 60s or 70s or something. It is 60s, yes. It was about cats that, you know, had a bunch of cats and they would suck the breath out of you, you know. Maybe that's why I'm I'm scared of, like, people touching my face now. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, 1969, (laughs) Eye of the Cat. Yeah, Eye of the Cat. Who was was in that? Michael... Uh, so uh, it was directed by David Rich with Michael Sarazen, yes. Gail Honeycutt. Yeah, Michael Sarazen. Well, now I have a new movie I need to check out. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I'd like to see it again to see what what, what all the what all the fuss is about with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always worried when I do that movies I loved when I was younger, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to check it out because it's a fifty fifty whether I'm like, oh, this is great or I liked this. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have watched every Hitchcock film ever made, so. Oh, perfect. Um, but that was because I, I broke my foot and I, I broke both of my feet and I couldn't go anywhere. So my boyfriend at the time, he worked at a video store and he would just bring <laughs> Hitchcock. He was a Hitchcock freak. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I do like Hitchcock. Terry, Susan Smith, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And this was great getting to talk to you. No, thank you so much. You guys are so sweet. Yeah, thank you so much.